This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Hi, how are you? Good to see you, my friends. Uh, yeah, okay. It's um, today's Wednesday, March 16th. Tomorrow's Get Drunk for No Reason Day. And uh, all right, that's the show. Hey, yo, man. Hi. <laughs> what? Admittedly, I am not in the mood today. Why? I'm not in the mood for your bullshit. Is that what am... we, can we just start there? Is what? That, is that a good way to start the show? What? Just talking about what's going on with you. Nothing's going on with me. What do you mean? Well, you said you're not in the mood, so I'm curious what's going on. You smell. I'm not in the mood for it. Well, you, you know. know. I don't know. You ever just wake up and you're like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> yes, all the time. Yes. Eh, I'm just going to go snowboarding today. Yes, dude. You know, I just am not eh, in the mood. Eh, I'm going to go back to bed. Yes, dude. It's not that I'm tired or I want to go back to bed. I just, you know, you just wake up some days and you just aren't feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, much like Rudy Gobert offensively every night. He ain't feeling it. Um, okay, that's probably too much. We'll talk uh, Bulls and Jazz tonight as the Bulls roll into Salt Lake City. Um, interesting matchup. Obviously, the Bulls have been a tough matchup for the uh, Jazz this year. Will that continue tonight? Um, you know, as we're going to espouse about the greatest player in the NBA, uh, when he comes into Vivint Arena like he will tonight, um, in Alex Caruso, you just have to know that you're going to get a special performance. Um, you know, um, greatest player Dude. Uh, in the league Don't right now. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, I'm Alex Caruso, MFers. Alex Headband um, Caruso. Yeah, thank you, the headband. Uh, Jake is comparing Pop-Tarts to ravioli for some reason. Um, Papa John's hates America. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm getting a treadmill today. So I'm excited about that. The uh, Peloton tread will be delivered to the Krizzizzle today. Do you even lift? I do actually lift. Um, and I have recently in stuff. So that's always fun. But yeah, so I'm excited about getting the treadmill. My, yeah. my dog's ass is going to cost me $800. We'll talk Dude. about that coming up. You know, I mean, there's what am I? What have I got to be upset about? Oh, yeah. My dog's ass is going to cost me $800. <laughs> so if you ask Dude. him why I'm crabby. $800 for what? His ass. Yeah, an ass vacuum. Exactly. Bro. Uh, but I do want to start with this di continuing discussion over the Utah Jazz and remaking this roster, as we've talked a lot about on this show pretty extensively. Um, the Utah Jazz have every intention of, of blowing this thing up over the summer from, from all, you know, from all angles. And I think that, you know, we've talked a lot recently about their head coach and Quinn Snyder. Sources yesterday again confirmed to me that the Jazz have had no discussions about making a head coaching change, either in the near term or in the long term future. And none of those discussions will happen until the summer. So all of this Quinn Snyder replacing Greg Popovich talk that's been going on this week seems to be just talk. It seems to be a lot of hyperbole. But I think one thing that is very clear is that the Utah Jazz are intent on making significant changes this summer. And what that means is I think there's a lot of people around this league. In fact, I know that a lot of people around this league believe that the Utah Jazz are going to trade Rudy Gobert, Jake, and, 
and I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that it, it is the first step to what you want this team to be. You know, I I think unfortunately that Rudy is is kind of the spearhead for remaking this team, meaning that you know he's the centerpiece. He is the thing that both right now powers you defensively, but also both holds you back immensely. And I think that that in and of itself makes trading him particularly difficult. How are you doing over there? What do you mean? I'm doing fine. You're very proficient in that motion, I have to it, say. It, it, no, it, that would be this motion. <laughs> the shake wave. Um, I think it is interesting how controversial Rudy Gobert is, though. Yeah, I mean, I think people want him to be, you know, that people clearly want him to get better and, and have more of an offensive game and give the Jazz more options, but that clearly is not going to happen because if it was going to happen, it would have already, you know, and, and I think that that's the trouble with Rudy Gobert. And so when you start thinking about, all right, well, Let's say that they are going to trade him, which every which we have every indication that you know that that's a definite possibility. Assuming that other teams are interested, you know, there's not the another problem is there's not like 50 teams that want Rudy Gobert, dude. There's not like there's a bunch of people. There's not five teams that want Rudy Gobert, and there's probably not five teams that can afford Rudy Gobert. And this is why everybody's like, oh, source is my ass. Well, look at look at all the rumors that we've talked about. Look at the look at we were able to pretty I I can say with all confidence that there's no question in my mind. The Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics were having trade talks. And I would say those talks were never close to to, you know, landing you Marcus Smart for instance. Because the Jazz don't have the chips in the middle of the season to do that. The climate in the summer is very different. You are able to make much more significant trades because of free agency being open. You're able to make much more significant uh, progress in rebuilding a roster like this because teams are able to do more things because you're not trying to you're not trying to trade a guy like Rudy Gobert or bring in a Rudy Gobert to your roster in the middle of the season. He requires a shift in philosophy yeah. to fit him into that roster. And the other problem is when we talk about Rudy Gobert's trade value, and this I'm sure is going to not be the most popular thing I've ever said on this show, he doesn't have much trade value. It, in, in I was talking to an NBA scout yesterday who was, was telling me straight up how many offenses can afford Rudy Gobert's lack of production. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about okay, what is Rudy Gobert good for on a nightly basis? He's going to give you – he's the best rebounder in the NBA, yeah. arguably, right? Rudy Gobert is going to give you, let's say, 12 to 14 rebounds a night on, a, on the average, right? Yeah. But is he going to give you 20 points a night? He's probably not. And when you look at his value and how people view Rudy Gobert, there's no doubt he has higher value to the Utah Jazz – because their offense in in many situations is predicated on him setting picks at the top and getting rebounds. Mm -hmm. That's a main cog in the Jazz offense, which is why in so many situations they bog down and struggle. Because you have to, if you are the Utah Jazz, have big rebounding nights from Rudy Gobert because of the volume of threes you shoot. Yeah. And if he doesn't have big rebounding nights, you're giving up a lot of points in transition. You're taking a lot of fouls to stop fast breaks. It's an odd circumstance. 
that makes Rudy Gobert an imperative part of this offense. So ask yourself, if and who are the likely candidates? I think there's really, I mean, I mean, I think there's really only probably two, three teams. And I think two of those teams would be Boston and I think Toronto are the two main teams that I could see doing a deal for Rudy Gobert where he ends up in their uniform. I mean, to a, a much lesser extent, I think Washington is one of those teams. But the problem for Washington is if they if they bring in Rudy Gobert, it likely means that Brad Beal is not there anymore. Is it Brad or Bradley these days? Um, I, You know, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I know it's Michael Malone, but I'm not sure if it's Brad or Bradley. So, yeah. you know, we, we, no. we'll have to confirm that. But, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you bring in Rudy Gobert, you're probably not keeping Bradley Beal. Yeah. Unless the Utah Jazz wind up eating half of the remaining salary owed to Rudy Gobert. Well, and I think that's what they're going to have to do. I, and, and I think if you're the Utah Jazz... This is the tough thing. I mean, you, you you have to understand that you're in between a rock and a hard place with this situation because of how much he's paid. And and it would be one thing if he was paid a proper amount and he just didn't have a lot of trade value. But now you're talking about he's basically being paid double what he should be paid every single season. By so you, no fault of his own. Though. Yeah, that's not his fault for sure. But I think, you know, what is his fault is the lack of offensive game he has. He doesn't have an offensive game. And everybody on the Jazz broadcast wants to be like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people hate on Rudy, and he has a huge impact. And I'm here to tell you that he doesn't have a massive impact on the offensive end. He rebounds and he sets great screens. That's what he does. You know, it's not like you can give him the ball, even in the paint, and say, get me a bucket. You got to lob it to him, and, and that's pretty much it. So I look at Rudy and I say, hey, you're a dynamic, dominant defensive player. But that's not what this league is predicated on anymore. And so when we talk about trading them, I just think that that it is going to be tough. You are going to have to eat some of that salary. And it's probably not going to be uh, a beneficial trade for you, you know. But you're going to do it anyway because you need to move on from Rudy Gobert to get going in the direction that, that this new regime wants to get going in, you know. And so that's, that's just what you're going to have to deal with. And yes, do I think it delays their timeline of, Winning a championship, it may by a season. It may delay you a bit because you got to get your money right, and you're probably going to be a lower end Western Conference seed, you know, next season uh, because of this trade, you know, because your mo your, your money's going to be a bit locked up. But at the end of the day, it is what you have to do. It is the right move, unpopular or not. It is the right move to become a better team. And my biggest concern out of all of this. Whether whether they get picks in return or or they somehow work out a deal to get a, a a key contributor back or whatever crazy thing happens, my biggest thing is making sure that they take care of the relationship with Donovan Mitchell through this trade. Because if this trade means that they got they got to be, you know, not a terrible team, but they got to be a seven eight seed. Let's say they got to be in the play in to get to the playoffs for one year. I hope that. Donovan and the organization are on the same page about that so we don't go through this thing again where it's like, oh, well, Donovan this and Donovan that, when the guy has never asked for a trade and, and wants to win a championship in Utah. Well, that's the other thing that, that I continue to hear from people around the NBA, that Donovan Mitchell, and, and I, I, don't, I have no doubt that it's true, that Donovan Mitchell has never demanded a trade. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody is guessing that, oh, the Jazz go out in the first round – I think Donovan Mitchell understands where this team is and where this team's trying to go. 
And I think when you look at the numbers on Rudy Gobert's contract, I mean, it is, it's a lot of money. I mean, he is owed a significant, um, I mean, I, I don't even know how, how you come down on right. the fact that he's owed 30, 35, 38, 41, 43, and 46. Yeah, it just keeps going up, man. Million dollars. And it is, man, that's really tough to, that's really tough to take. And the worst part is the 25, 26 number um, is a player option. Mm-hmm. That $46.6 million is, you're, I mean, just mark it down. Mm-hmm. You're paying that money. And if you look at the, the, the money that he has left after this year, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to, if you're the Utah jazz, you're going to have to get a significant amount of that money. Yeah. And it is in my mind, I think it is just the cost of doing business. You are, you are very much in a situation where you've hit a, hit a wall. Now, this is a good team. That's not great. You've been that team for three years. And if you continue to operate in that fashion, you're going to be who you've been. Yeah. And so if you want to change the trajectory of this franchise, you are going to have to make decisions to right the wrongs of the Dennis Lindsay era. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to have to lose for a year. You're going to have to be a 7, 8, 9, 10 team for a year to right the ship here. But I think if you if you sell that to Donovan Mitchell, yeah, I think he's on board with that. And I, I think that all Donovan Mitchell wants – is the opportunity to compete for multiple championships during his career. It, it, and in my mind, if you if you make a Rudy Gobert trade this summer and you eat that contract, a, a, at least half of it, which is what I would guess you're going to have to pay 35 to 50% of the remaining value of that deal, I think that that, that puts you on a path to winning three championships in the next five years. Yeah. But it's going to require a year of pain. And if Donovan Mitchell is is here through the end of that, I think there's a real chance that you come out a real winner from a, a rebuilding year. Because I don't think there's any doubt that you're watching the final games of of Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Royce O'Neal just refusing to take big three-point shots. Which is crazy to me. It, it, it You have to make changes now. And I don't believe that Quinn Snyder's part of that change. I really don't. I'm not convinced of that. I I will again say, I, I believe that the Jazz are fairly happy with the job that Quinn Snyder has done this year. Well, again, this conversation about how much impact does Quinn have on on when this team plays good and bad. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, obviously we do this show weekdays basically every day. And, and there's multiple times per show where people will say, oh, well, Quinn never makes adjustments and Quinn doesn't do this and he sucks and you got to replace Quinn. And there are a lot of times where I'm just like, man, I just disagree with that. Like, I think that Quinn doesn't have a lot of adjustments he can make. I mean, yeah. how many times is he going to have to tell Royce to take the open shot or, 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 or tell Don yeah. that he's got to drive and kick more? Or like, how many times is he going to have to go over the same concepts with this team? At some point, it falls upon the players to execute. And it feels like right now with the players they have, they can't get the job done. And that has to change. Yeah, I think that, my opinion remains solid. Quinn Snyder's an elite head coach in this league. And I think he is top five coaches right now. Um, I, I, there are not many coaches that I would take over Quinn Snyder. And I, 
I know that a lot of Jazz fans are frustrated with him, especially in light of the fact that they don't play young guys on this team, uh-huh. um, that the Pascals and the Butlers of the world are not getting significant minutes. Hey, listen, that's that's a legitimate gripe. That's a legitimate thing to be beefing with Quinn Snyder about. But when you look at the number of wins and you look at the quality of play on the court from this team over the last eight years, it's awfully difficult to argue with the way that Quinn Snyder has gone about constructing this team from an X and O's perspective. He's an elite head coach. Yeah. Now, there's also a conversation around, you know, well, how, how, how many more years does this team have his ear? Like, has Quinn Snyder lost this locker room? I, I would even entertain that conversation as we have on this show. But what that tells me is I don't need to change Quinn Snyder. I need to change the locker room. This roster is old. This roster is slow. This roster is unathletic. Well, and look where he's getting them, even with all that being the case. Yeah. I mean, they're still, you know, getting to, I guess, you know, the second round, you know. And, and, and a lot of JS fans would say, well, you know, the injuries really killed us against the Clippers, this and that. And what I'm telling you is this team still does not have an answer for corner shooter uh, being wide open because Rudy can't car- guard the paint and that corner. So I'm telling you, the reason that keeps taking place is because Quinn doesn't have other options. The 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 perimeter is not nearly athletic uh. enough. So that's why I say, you know, getting to it here, I have to agree that I'm not so sure that Quinn is the problem. Are there other options? Sure, but it feels like right now, if you were to make that change, you're just making change for the sake of change, not yeah, because which you isn't, need it. Yeah, which isn't the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's and not the right thing to do. To bring this full circle, I think when you look at Rudy Gobert's trade value, I think it's pretty limited. I think when you understand who Rudy Gobert is as a player, you begin to understand, again, not to be redundant, but there's not a whole lot of rosters where he fits offensively mm-hmm. um, because – there aren't a whole lot of teams that are going to structure their offense the way that the Jazz do. Pick and roll is a huge part of this league. I, I get that. But you cannot ask Rudy Gobert to do much more offensively. Like, he cannot dribble the ball. And, it, it, and again, I think his highest best use is as an offensive rebounder. Set that pick and roll that leads you to a mid-range or a, or a three ball and – let Rudy Gobert go and dominate the offensive glass. Let him take lobs. Let him get rebounds and putbacks. That's his highest best use. Understanding that, teams are going to leverage the Jazz because, A, they know that Rudy Gobert is over, overpaid. Mm-hmm. They know that he underperforms that contract. And I think teams know that to remake this roster, the Jazz have to move on from that deal. Yeah, It's not that the Jazz necessarily have to move on from Rudy Gobert. They have to move on from his contract. And I think that's a very different discussion because it's easy to pick on Rudy Gobert because of the contract. Mm-hmm. If the contract were not an issue, I think you'd be fine with Rudy. Frankly, if you were paying Don what you're paying Rudy, you would be fine. Yeah. And if you were paying Rudy what you were paying Don, you'd be fine. If you were committing $41 million a year to a wing player that's a star in this league and, and Donovan Mitchell, you'd be fine. Well, Because that's the norm of the league. That's the culture in the league. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what... That's how it should be set up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think the trade value for Rudy Gobert is is very difficult to measure. And I think most deals are executed in the summer, but a lot of that a lot of that foundation is laid during the during the trade deadline. And, yeah. and I think that's why when you hear that, hey, the Jazz are talking to Washington, the Jazz are trying to make a larger deal that involved Washington. Um, you know that the Jazz would love to add a Pascal Siakam 
um, to this lineup. I think they would love to have a Pascal Siakam on this team. I think that that OG Ananobi is another guy that that you would like. I don't believe that the Boston Celtics are are. And and what's the right way to say this? I don't think the Boston Celtics are excited about the prospect of trading a Jalen Brown, because I think no. if if you move, and, and they had talks about Jalen, but you're seeing now his maturity and his growth. And you're seeing that Jalen and Tatum are now playing much better together. I mean, they're going to make deals, but who's the third team that gets involved? And let's just say that that somehow you wind up making a deal with Boston. There's got to be a third team involved. Yeah. Right? Like, and this was the Knicks discussion. There was so much talked about with Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. And, and we were able to confirm through our sources that the Knicks absolutely called the Jazz multiple times at the deadline trying to make a Donovan Mitchell deal. Right. And the, the Utah Jazz shut that down. They never even entertained the conversation. And what would you expect the Knicks to do, to be clear? If, know, if the like, Knicks are not calling the Jazz on, on Donovan Mitchell at this past deadline, they're derelict in their duty. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, it, it should not be a surprise. And listen, I got news for you. There's not a whole lot of organizations in this league that don't want Donovan Mitchell. If Donovan Mitchell were available for trade, the Jazz, would their phones would be on fire. Donovan Mitchell is a well-respected player in this league yeah. that a lot of teams would value highly. The same cannot be said for Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. He is not a well-respected player in this league. Um, I think people view him as a defensive stud who is very, very limited and massively overpaid. Yeah. I hear that on a, a almost every time I talk to somebody around this league about Rudy Gobert. He is a great defensive player who cannot help you offensively, and he is way overpaid. Yeah, he is way overpaid. So I think that the the Jazz are in a terrible spot. I mean, Dennis Lindsay screwed this team for the next five years, and, and and I mean, some of this is on Ryan Smith because he approved that Rudy Gobert contract before it was was signed. He signed off on it. So some of this belongs at the at the the feet of of Ryan Smith. But at that point, what are you going to say? No. So I just think the Jazz are in a very interesting situation. And I don't have any doubt that they're going to try and trade Rudy Gobert this summer. Yeah. I would put it at a 70-30 that they they make a deal happen. And I just think it's necessary. It's what yes, has to be done. I absolutely. Know it, I know it sucks. I know that it's uncomfortable. I know that, you know, all this stuff we're talking about, about them having to cover half the contract or, like, some sort of – that like, that's kind of going to be the position that they're in. They're going to have to, you know, cover at least some of that contract. It's uncomfortable to talk about and to think about, but – but what, what is more uncomfortable to talk and think about is, is all right, well, let's say you don't do the Rudy trade and you just stay here. Yeah. That's not an option either. So that's why I say when you're talking about trading this level of player, the only thing that matters is making sure that the guy that you keep and that you build around in Donovan Mitchell is content, understands the plan, understands the timeline of the plan, and is confident in what you are doing. Yeah. And if that is the case, go ahead and do it. Like, I, I can't stress that enough, you know? You just want to make sure after you make all these trades that Don is good and you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, and I, I, I think the, the hard – change is always hard. Yeah. Change is not easy, and this team needs – I mean – Whatever change analogy you want to make, they need to swap motors on this thing. I like mean, listen, it, it, at, you have to do it. Look at how much the Joe Ingles torn ACL trade to, to Portland thing impacted the team. 
You know, it impacted the media circle. It impacted the team. The fan base was was. Uh, but was again, upset. why why did that happen? Because Ryan Smith came out and said we're not trading Joe Ingles. Yeah, and, and I then, don't know why you would say that. And then what happened? You traded Joe Ingles, and and a lot of fans were upset about it. I, I'm telling you now, if you're if you worry about fan sentiment in building a championship team, nobody would ever win a championship. Yeah, I mean, you have to make it, it, again. Yeah. It, it's this is why I think when everyone's like, oh, well, you know, when you're a, a GM of an NFL team or an NBA team or whatever, it's not that hard of a job. And it's like, yeah, it is, dude. You know these guys personally. You have relationships with these guys. You know, you understand, all right, if I trade Joe to Portland, that means X, Y, and Z, and this is how he's going to be affected, and I have to deal yeah. with my conscience has to deal with that. You know, and, and it's and – it's, and in with Ryan Smith, I think – He's got some learning to do. There's a reason owners don't run their mouth on Twitter about players they're going to trade or not trade. And it's because you never know when the torn You wind up looking bad. Out. You yeah. wind up looking bad. You know, and, you and know? I'm not saying that Ryan's an idiot, but you just shouldn't be doing that. He's a young owner. He, yeah. made, he made a mistake. Yeah. I, 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 think that, I think that this team is in good hands. I truly believe in, in what they're doing. I do. Oh, hey, hey, look at that. Greg Hawkins, the actor, is back. Greg, good to see oh, you, buddy. Not, uh, what did he? Wasn't it a couple weeks ago he said he was going to be gone because he, he was did, filming, yeah, right, yeah. And if you follow, uh, if you follow Greg Hawkins on uh, Instagram, you know that he's been he's been busy uh, filming. You know, let's hope you don't wind up on the cutting room floor. There, there's no such thing as a cutting room floor anymore, is there? Never heard of that. I, I, I fucking it. Like, what do you mean you've never heard of the cutting room floor? I haven't. Oh, my God. Me? I give up. Yeah, I give up. Cody Strickland, good morning to you. He says, good morning, men. Uh, by the way, I hate Don with the ball in the last four minutes of the game, but, hey, it was a fun season. Well, the season's not over yet. Uh, <laughs> See who, what I mean? <laughs> who do you both believe will be on the roster next year, and what will and what will Angus be looking at? Ainge. Over, Ainge, oh, Ainge, thank you. Be looking at over the summer to replace people. I mean, I it, that's a that's an impossible. And, quote. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible. I mean, to I I think the obvious ones that will not be here. Um, I have to believe that Royce and Bogdanovich are gone. Um, for different reasons, though. Yeah, for important. very different reasons. Yeah. Um, because I think you need I think you need more athleticism, and I think Royce O'Neal is a bench player in this league. Yeah, and again, Royce and and Rudy Gobert are not dissimilar in that. They have they have a really important role on this team, but would not on any other team. Right. And I, I think I think Rudy's got upside offensively. I, I do. I think if Rudy Gobert spends a you know, spends, you know, four months in the gym, if Rudy Gobert hires a skills coach and and learns to dribble the basketball and breaks this habit, he and I know I, I've talked about this repeatedly, but he's got a terrible habit as a big of bringing the ball down below his shoulders, yeah, and and it it cripples him offensively. To turnover, and he just cannot continue to do that. Um, if he spends a summer just fixing that one skill alone and learning to dribble, I mean, he becomes a much more effective offensive player. But, but he is never going to be dynamic offensively. But he's never. never he's never shown. So I agree with that. But my what I'm getting to here is that he's never shown the willingness to do that in the summer. Well, he's on the, the but he's on the right side of 30. I mean, I think he's what 29 years old. But here's my point. Even at the the listen, age has been redefined in the NBA. Yes. Look at look no further than Lamelo Ball and 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 John Morant, right? Obviously, those guys are two very athletic players, and their games are totally different. I get it. But the point I'm getting to here 
is that I don't care what position you play in the NBA, there is zero excuse not to be able to shoot a basketball. None. And, not today. That's exactly right. And, I mean, and, and, and I just in 2022, can't get, yeah. I, I can't get behind this idea that Rudy doesn't have time. You had time to play in the Olympics, but you don't have time to work on your game. Well, and I Come think on, if dude. you look at the bigs around the NBA, I mean, who are the most dynamic dude, bigs he's in the, the NBA? He's the only one that can't dribble and can't shoot. Look yeah. at every other big in the league. At all of them. I'm well, not I think if you them. look at second tier bigs, even like a, you know, a, Mason Plumley. Look at a Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. I mean, Bam is probably the the Bam is probably the best second tier center in the NBA. He's not Joel Embiid. He's not Carl Anthony. Miles Jones. Turner. Uh, a guy. Yeah. I. I mean. It, it, I guess. I think Bam Adebayo is the the best second tier center. I think Miles Turner. Miles Turner is a very limited player as well, but I look at Bam. Bam is a great shot blocker, very good defender, um, but he's also got that push shot. He's also got, um, you know, the ability to rebound, power dribble up for a dunk. Like Jared Allen. But Jared, Jared Allen's, Allen's second, an second interesting one. You know, I, I look at Brooke Lopez, I think is more uh, prototypical now than, than a lot of guys, like because of his ability to shoot the three. I mean, there aren't many centers that are going to be Joel Embiid. I mean, they're they're just... But Brooke Lopez is a perfect example. And I want people to go and look into this because this is absolutely the case. And they talked about it on the broadcast when they when the Jazz played the Bucks, which is Brooke Lopez was a guy who was laughed at for his just terrible defense and inability to shoot a basketball. Yes. And where is he at now? I'm not telling you he's a defensive player of the year. But I am telling you, he can play some defense now, and he can shoot that He's three the, regularly. Brooke Lopez is the best three-point shooting center in the NBA. I mean, I, I, and I would probably say in the world. I mean, the guy can really shoot. But my point is, Rudy's never going to be that guy. Rudy, Rudy Gobert's never going to be that guy. Wow. And if, you're, if you aspire to rebuild this roster and be a year-in, year-out championship contender, and again, my feeling is if, if you want to win – you know, three and five years is what I always like to point to. You're going to have to get a number two star. Like you're going to have to get somebody that's equal or a little better than Donovan Mitchell to do that. In order to do that, you're going to have to vastly improve this roster. And I think when when you're looking at what is available as a as a pure number two, I mean, it is it's going to take a it's going to take a year to get there. Yeah. And I think a year from now, this team is going to be a seven eight nine team in the in the West. Um, I think that they are going to have significantly better cap space a year from now than they do right now. And I think that's when you're going to, that's when you're going to compete for a true star. And if I look around the league, it's, it's very difficult to get guys like Bradley Beal at the trade deadline. And he's, he's probably the perfect example of yeah. why you can't make deals at the deadline, but you can in the summer Yes, because Bradley Beal isn't married to Washington. He's married to the money that he can make in Washington, yep. which if you do a sign and trade with Washington for Bradley Beal in the summer, he can sign a Supermax deal, and then you can trade that deal in a sign and trade. So the, the Washington Wizards can trade him, can pay him exponentially more than any other team because they have his bird rights. So mm -hmm. my point is in all of this, that's going to be the question. Who's that number two star that the Utah Jazz wind up getting? That is a that is the ultimate Danny Ainge question mark. Because if you truly want to, and I, I, I'm a big believer that Ryan Smith is going to win multiple championships. I think the guy has shown you he's willing to pay the tax, which is not something that we have ever seen here in Utah. 
that, hey, top end of budgets is not something the Miller family was known for, especially post-LHM. Um, I think Ryan Smith is doing business completely differently. He's remade the brand. Now, love or hate the uniforms, but he's remade the brand. He is doing things in, in partnerships on the court, off the court. I think I love the idea of, hey, they're doing an all-female broadcast. I love the idea that Hopefully they're going to have their own TV deal and hopefully they're going to have third tier content and, and, yeah. you know, marketing dollars. Like, but what does all of that mean? If you're not a good team, it means nothing. You are far devaluing yourself if you're not competing for championships. Yep. And I think that this team's going to compete for multiple championships. It's simply a matter of time. Um, Brandon Whiteside says Rudy for Bam and hero. No, I, well, one, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are very good friends. So you can just pretty much write that one off. Uh, Edgar Garcia, what's up? Morning, players, he says. Memphis says, don't you feel as if Donovan has taken a completely different role since Boyan and Jordan have been shooting the lights out? Because he can pass good, but his shooting is so off right now. Donovan Mitchell is, is not playing good basketball right now. The last week has not been good for him. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see him break out of that, and he's going to. You're not as, as talented. You don't shoot as well as he shoots and continue to struggle. The question for me will continue to be fourth quarters for, for Donovan Mitchell. And I, I, I think it is ridiculous that we're asking if he's clutch. Well, I have no doubt if he's clutch. But how do you have no doubt? What has he done? And, and I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but no. if you really take a hard look at it, what has done really done in his time so far that has said, "Hey, this guy's clutch." Has well, he hit big shots? Has he? But he wants he wants big shots. And that's when you're, true. Yes. When you're as talented as he is, and you shoot as well as Donovan Mitchell shoots, the desire for the ball in those moments is three quarters of the battle. Yeah. Because when you let go of that ball, it's going to go in. That's every day. I mean, eventually, it's going to go in. And you miss every shot you don't take. And yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell is a guy that has an appetite for big moments. The, the I think a lot of the issue is is that he doesn't have a number two. So Mike Conley is – it was nice to see Mike make, make some threes the other night and play well because Donovan Mitchell needs somebody else. Yeah. And, again, I'll just keep going back to pick the scab of the bubble loss to Denver where they – they forced on to give the ball up. And this is why I don't like Donovan Mitchell on the ball. Yeah. This is why you're paying the luxury tax for Mike Conley. Well, it's so funny. I mean, you, you look around the league and like, again, I, I don't know for those of you who watched that Knicks Nets game over the weekend, the Knicks were rolling out a double team consistently. And finally, you know, Steve Nash draws up a strategy where Kevin Durant is off the ball and they just got to get it to him. And all of a sudden it's buckets again. You know I mean? It, yeah. it, it, your best player has to be off the ball to maximize their abilities. And I and I think, you know, I, I, I tend to lean your way a bit on Don and the clutch thing. Like, it, it's probably too early to be like, oh, he's not clutch. But at the same time, he also hasn't really earned his stripes in clutch moments yet. You well, know? and by the way, he hasn't really had a huge moment to be part of. The playoffs, he was hurt last year. I think that was their best opportunity. And he has the ankle injury that the, they, the they, they he rushed bounced. back from. Yeah. But he rushed back like this. And this also is part of the Donovan Mitchell maturity process. Yeah. The whole medical staff and my team versus your team. The thing. Memphis thing. Yeah. The, but the, the, the truth is 
the Jazz medical staff were right mm-hmm. to hold him out. They were right because he came back and immediately re-injured himself. Yeah. So my point in all of this is Donovan Mitchell is growing and maturing right before your eyes. And I will, again, go to my grave saying this guy is a superstar. He mm-hmm. has so much upside potential. It is simply a matter of what are the Jazz going to do to bring that out of him? Yeah. Because he can pay Chris Brickley tens of millions and trillions of dollars over the summer. If they don't get him a true number two, it's all a waste. Yeah. And if they don't get him a true number two, then he will be a Nick. Yeah. He will. I mean, it, it, it's he is going to win or he will not be here. Yeah. And I don't blame him one minute for that. And for everybody that wants to vilify Donovan Mitchell, what would you do different than what he's doing? And the answer is nothing. Because these guys don't play for money. They make tons of money. Yeah. And they get their contracts, and he will get a super max. They want rings. They want to win. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, a couple more comments here. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, Morning, fellas. Jazz need to do whatever deal to get out of Gobert's contract. And I think they will. Uh, Sherwood. Sure. S-H-E-R. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Nobody wants. you. Yeah, seriously. Nobody wants Rudy. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't know about wants. Want is not the right word that I would use. I think there are teams that would like to have Rudy Gobert on their on their roster. Nobody wants to be put in a bad cap situation. Though. Nobody wants to pay Rudy Gobert $41 million a year. Yeah. Nobody. That's the way I would say it. He says, these dudes are kind of out of touch. They say Utah can win three championships in five years with the right moves. No way. Okay, well, I would only point to teams that have done that. And I would, like, look at the Lakers in the Kobe Shaq years. I mean, you had a generational talent in Kobe Bryant. You did not have a number two. So you went and traded for a guy like Shaquille O'Neal. And trust me when I say it was it was Shaq and Kobe and a bunch of role players that won championships there. Yeah. Okay, so I look at I look at Michael Jordan. You had a generational player, and then you went and drafted Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, and you completely changed that roster. Yeah. I look at the Chicago Bulls. You had a generational player in Michael Jordan. And then Horace Grant went away, so you added Tony Kukoc and Dennis Rodman, and you won championships. I look at, I mean, I look at the Kobe Lakers. After the Kobe Shaq Lakers, you had a generational talent in Kobe Bryant, and what did you do? You went out and added Pau Gasol, a true number two that could be leaned on, and a bunch of role players, and you won championships. If you look at, I mean, look at any of the, look at the, look at, look at, the Golden State Warriors, right? You had generational talent in Steph Curry. You had, I mean, arguably the best shooter at the time in the NBA was not Steph, it was Clay. You drafted Draymond Green, who I still think is one of the best defensive players in the NBA, and then you won a championship, but then you went and got Kevin Durant. And then you won more championships. Like, you can quickly remake your roster in this league. Yes, It doesn't have to be a 10-year plan. But what does it take? It takes huge testicles and a bunch of money. Yeah. And if I'm right, I think you have both. I think you have an incredible amount of brass and a whole lot of money in Ryan Smith. Yeah. I think you have a really good basketball executive in Justin Zanuck. I think you have a proven team builder in Danny Ainge. It's not crazy to think that this team will remake this roster in the summer. And this is why I say to Jazz fans, why are you so opposed to dynamic change? 
Because if you want to win, and you want to win the way teams have won, and I'm not saying the Jazz now or ever will be a dynasty, but if you want to have a chance at being a dynasty, you have to go out and make dynamic change to your roster. You need to take a flamethrower this song bit and, <laughs> and keep Donovan Mitchell and blow everybody else up. You know. And if that means that, hey, Quinn Snyder doesn't want to coach this team through another rebuild, okay, we'll see you later. Thanks for everything you've done. Congratulations on replacing Greg Popovich. We're going in a different direction. Pack your shit. Let's go. Because if you're not on board with what Ryan Smith is doing, you don't, you, we don't want you here. If you're not on board with what Ryan's vision for the organization is, pack your shit, Skippy. It's mm -hmm. time to go. Pack your shit. Let's go. Right? Like, it's, t it's, it's time to go. But my guess is... Quinn Snyder is on board with what Ryan Smith is doing. And if they remake this roster and you keep Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell, those are two really big pieces to winning a championship. I'm for real. So I'm telling you, this team. The blueprint is laid out, dude. This team is going to win. And if it takes Ryan Smith and a, 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 a you know, a, a million pound worth of chain to pull this team along with him, it's going to happen. Thanks. Because he's going to make his money. Yeah. This is a dude who doesn't lose a whole lot of bread in his investments. And he's not going to lose on the Jazz. I'm telling you that right now. So with all due respect, Sherwood, you and I disagree. Uh, Dallin Sproul uh, says, Ryan Smith is figuring it out. It's like he's a teenager, full of energy and ready to work with so much passion, but has, uh, has mistakes to make. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Eric DeVera, good morning. Ainge should go for Brandon Ingram next season. I don't see. I like Brandon a lot. Bi is a really good player, second tier player though. But he's a second tier player. Yeah. And but by the way, I think he's an upgrade to Boyan Bogdanovich, right? Because that's the role on this current team that he would play, mm. right? You would plug him into where Boyan is, but he's more dynamic to the rim. He is certainly a better defender because he's just so damn long. Yeah. But he has got that sleepy gene in him. I think I think CJ McCollum is the definitive upgrade, but you're not going to get. Yeah, him. but he's a two. I think Boyan's a yeah, three four. Well, yeah. he's a he's a three four. He's a, he's a, a larger player. Yeah, I think you need somebody that gets to the basket, and CJ is is much more of a a, a, a shooter. I think Brandon Ingram is a guy. I would like to have Brandon Brandon on the roster, but he's not the number two that you're looking for. Yeah. He's not the number two that you're looking for. Uh, Leonard Donnan and I love you. I love you too, man. Uh, he says, hey, guys, love the show. I'm back. The Jazz need a pure playmaking point guard and a stretch big and better perimeter defense. Uh, is that all? That's all. Hey, that guys. Means? That's it? Hey, guys. Uh, the Jazz should try and acquire uh, Deontay Murray. Uh, amazing defender and all-around pure point guard, but he's the future of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, so you're going to have to give up a lot and pay a lot to get him. I, I don't see the Spurs moving that guy. Yeah. I don't, you know. Do you think the Jazz can acquire a true second star for Don? I do. Obviously, I do. Brandon uh, Brandon Strickland. Morning, guys. First comment. Hope the Jazz can pull it together. Well, welcome to the so show. So, wait. So, wait. Hold on. Wait. We got to hit the pause button here. So, is Brandon Strickland related to Cody Strickland? And Brandon Whiteside? Yeah. I don't I know. I mean, is that, are we like putting names together here? Or? Could be. Uh, Who Eric, the f is that guy? Eric C says, morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, John Jackson says, Who do you think we could get for Rudy or Boyan? Or oh, and Boyan. Again, I think that's a really difficult question to answer. Um, right now it is. You have to see what the landscape of the league is after the finals are done. You got to see yeah. what what's going down, because that's that's basically how the league works. So like you have the trade deadline, 
and you go through all that madness and you do whatever it is you're going to do at the deadline. And then, you know, once you're through that, then you got to go through the final stretch run of the season and through the playoffs. And then once the finals are over, because you got to remember, everybody in the league goes to the NBA finals. I don't know how many people know this. Like all the executives go like it's a big deal. Yes. No deals get done during the finals intentionally. But what does happen at the finals is there's a lot of conversations that happen. There's a lot of, hey, let's have a drink. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do that. And a lot of, you know, cuddling up done so that when the finals are over. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you get nice and cozy with the people that you want to make deals with, and you become friends with them. And relationships and, are made at the All Star break in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I would. And, I agree then, with that. 100%. And then you're going to start making calls, and you're going to say, "Hey, remember and, that conversation we had?" And you know? for those of you who 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 don't know that the the way that the cycle works is, hey, you're, your All Star game, you're into the NBA Finals, you're into the pre draft camp in Chicago. You know, like you're into these individual workouts and there's just a lot of time to sip some scotch and talk basketball Yeah, at a lot of these events. And what you'll see is like in Chicago, um, you know, there there is a, an, an old restaurant called the, the Pump Room. And, you know, like you would see you would see guys huddled up in corners in the Pump Room. Yeah. You know, just talking and. Like you would see guys in hotel lobbies talking and coming out of private rooms talking like that stuff happens. And then you have the NBA owners meetings and you have like, I mean, you just have a lot of opportunity to network and make deals. Rudy deals don't just happen by Zanuck they or don't. Ainge getting on the phone and making a call. That, no, they that's don't. That's just not how deals of that caliber happen. But I'm telling you, and this is why I was so excited when they brought Ainge on specifically. Ainge has relationships. Everyone wants to look at D Wade and say, oh, well, he's a part owner. He's got relationships. That's how it's all going to get done. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think D Wade has player relations and he can help with that. Well, look, I think, I think Dwayne Wade is black. I think Dwayne Wade is respected in NBA player circles. Mm -hmm. And you're in Utah where black players have not always felt welcomed. Um, And there's a lot of people who will tell you, well, black players aren't going to sign here. Right? Like I think, I think the Jazz have gone out of their way to be a a an equality proven tested welcoming environment no matter what color your skin is. And I think that's a huge part of Ryan Smith's ownership group. And I think I think that's why Dwayne Wade's here. I think Dwayne Wade is somebody that has a lot of respect around the league in in player circles. Right. You know, it's why Boston is retiring. I, I I had this conversation yesterday too, just talking to an NBA guy that I know. We were just chit chatting, and I I was saying like I don't understand the Kevin Garnett jersey retirement in Boston. Like I know he won a championship there, but and people were you know this guy was telling me, well you know what Kevin Garnett's got a lot of respect among uh, players in this league, and the young players, the new generation of NBA guys, know who KG is. Yeah, they remember him winning a championship in Boston. So I think you're very you're that's a very good point. Like the Dwayne Wade has a role here. Yeah, and I my the and what I was really getting to is that Ainge has the the connections in the front offices um over the years and he he's the one who built the KG championship team. So that's why I say like when you have a team with D Wade on it who has the player connection, but you also have Ainge who has the front office rich, powerful dude in the NBA connection, yes. you know, things can get done, but that's not gonna happen until the summer. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, well, hello there, daddies. Wow. Wow. Daddy. 
Jeremy Bolton says, I'd love to have Drew Holiday on the Jazz. Wow. Well, so would we all. Uh, matchup of the year tonight, Caruso versus Butler. No, I'd be more worried about Caruso versus Donovan Mitchell. Let's settle this right now. Because I'm telling you, did anybody see the play that Alex Caruso made the other night? Yeah, his headband was soaking wet, for sure. I mean, he, he gets a strip and then runs back and gets an and one. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm telling you, man, you can joke about my guy AC. You're going to see it tonight. And maybe he gets blown up. I'm sure it'll happen. He's going to cause turnovers. He's going to block shots. He's going to strip guys. Alex Caruso's the guy that strips Rudy Gobert in the paint. And I'll drop that mother. He's the guy that can stay in front of any player on this Jazz roster. So he Good is. Luck. They are a different team with Alex Caruso on the floor defensively. The question, like, don't like the. Here's my frustration with the Bulls. Zach Levine's overrated. Zach Levine's overrated. I'm telling you, he and he is a a great player. He is dynamic. He's overrated. Yeah, he is. He is overrated. Caruso versus Mitchell. Child, please. You done messed up, Mama Monty. Okay. Who said that? Uh, Jeremy Bolton. What? We'll see. Not a good question. Yeah. Eric DeVera says, yeah, huge possibility. This is my last year uh, as Jazz Girl along with Filipino community as JC is trade piece now. Oh, come on. That, but that's not, that doesn't mean. Come on. To be clear, that doesn't mean this is your last year listening to the Monty show. Because we on. all know that you want to listen to the show. You can't do those things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just straight up hurtful. Wow, you know? you know, the Nye guy makes a really important comment. He says, Caruso smells like Doritos and skunkweed. Wow. Can't I, say it disagree I, I, with you know. I mean, you know. Uh, I think us Monty Show fans should be called the casuals. Don't disagree. Yeah. Oh, that's Cody Strickland's brother. That's my I, older did brother, I four years older. Did I not tell you yeah. that there was a relation there? Yeah. All right, let's talk about sexual assault on the Monty Show. <laughs> um, so you know that Deshaun Watson, um, after you hit subscribe because we're giving away a PlayStation uh, 5 uh, on the show, hit subscribe, shop our affiliate links in the description below. Thank you. Um, Deshaun Watson is the hottest topic in the NFL right now with criminal charges now not hanging over his head. He will they not texted. be. Yeah, he will not be charged. He has 22 civil lawsuits pending against him for which he was in a deposition yesterday. And the attorney, the, the shitbag loser attorney for these 22 women who have gone out of his way to become a star through all of this. Yeah. I hate this attorney. Um, on the record yesterday, openly whining about how the NFL teams have not contacted him um, on Deshaun Watson. He said yesterday, oh, I just can't believe these teams are going to trade for Deshaun Watson without talking to me first. Oh, I know. It's shocking, right? Like, how could they not call you, ambulance chaser? Anyway, my point is, um, Deshaun Watson's going to get traded, and I think it's going to be before this week is over, to the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, or the Cleveland Browns. If you are Deshaun Watson, Jake, yeah, where are you going? The Saints, no doubt about it. I think that the Saints of those organizations uh, are the most efficient path to a Super Bowl, potentially. Um, they're also, because he's had to sit out an entire season and what's gone on here in his situation, like it or not, you know, judge him or not, like if you put yourself in his shoes, when you're looking at these teams, are you not just simply saying to yourself, all right, what's the best situation I can go to to – re-kickstart my career because that's what's going to happen here. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy 
who hasn't played football in over a year now. And 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 I know that he'll probably come back and be a little rusty. He's also going to probably have to deal with a four to six game suspension. So, you know, you're going to go through training camp and then you're not going to play and then you're going to play. And so yeah. that's why I say I think, you know, the Saints are probably the best situation for him because the Saints are good at handling situations. I mean, there have been so many situations over the years, you know, obviously, you know, the Katrina situation that happened and like the organization has just is just a master class at dealing with things off the field yet putting a great product on the field and not winning yeah uh if it's me i'm going to cleveland and i'm I'm going to cleveland because this is not the same old cleveland browns i mean they have made the the idea that you went and got amari cooper for jarvis landry is pretty damn good yeah um and i think a, a lot of us can get on board, even though you're slurpathon behind you there listen, in Baker. I'm so surprised to hear you saying Cleveland right now. Cleveland is the classic poster child of, hey, we got the nameplate, but we can't win. And- no, well, they have been that, but what has been their issue? Well, Baker Mayfield's been their issue. He's been good, not great. And I, I think it's interesting, Baker Mayfield, for those of you who didn't see, put up a post uh, on Twitter and Instagram overnight thanking the city of Cleveland. That's it, Skippy. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we all forget is that this had been a team that hadn't won a playoff game in 25 years. Yeah. This is a this is a team that um you know really hadn't been relevant in in 10 15 years. Yeah. And this is a guy who comes in Baker Mayfield to Cleveland and wins you a playoff game. You hadn't been to the playoffs in 18 years you hadn't had a winning season in 13 years and when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous you hadn't won a playoff game in 25 years and he does that for you now having said all that i think baker mayfield has has really been the, the reason that they haven't won he is good not great but he has done a hell of a lot for Cleveland. If you plug in the skill set of Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, all of a sudden they're a far more dynamic offense. They have the wide receiver talent there. They have the running back talent there. And I think they're deep on defense. I think there's a chance that they can compete for that division with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. And yeah. I don't see that with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I think, yeah. I don't know. I, I think the Browns have a lot of proving to do. I agree with your logic. I don't think you're way off on it, but I just think that the Browns are a team that are notorious for, hey, we got a bunch of players. We got nameplates. We got a ton of talent. And we yeah. just haven't been able to put it together. And I get it. Baker has been average. I'll say it. I mean, the guy has been average in my opinion. He, yes, did he win you a playoff game? Yes. But other than that, I mean, you know, it's a classic situation of, hey, you won one big game, but other than that, you've been average. So, I And he's know. mechanically flawed. I, I Listen, I just think that Deshaun Watson in New Orleans is the same as it ever was. I, I think that Deshaun Watson is a guy who makes you, a, uh, uh, who puts you over the top. He is what, to me, what Tom Brady did for Tampa is what Deshaun Watson could do for Cleveland. Wow. And I think, you know, I think one of the other things is you're in free agency now and they need Deshaun Watson to make a decision. Any of these teams, because if you go to Carolina, I don't think you're winning. No. If you go to Atlanta, I think, no, I just can't see Atlanta doing that. No. I can't see that Atlanta is going to make that deal. I, I honestly think it's new Orleans or Cleveland. And I think that's it. And the deal, by the way, from what Adam Schefter at ESPN is reporting those four teams have deals in place with Deshaun Watson uh, or with the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun Watson has to make a choice because the only way that the Texans allowed teams to talk to Deshaun Watson one-on-one, which all four of those teams have, 
is to have completed the framework of a trade, which means this is what you're going to send me in exchange for Deshaun Watson. So those teams have made that have made that move already. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think it's it is it's going to be interesting to see how all this works out because here we are again in a league built on quarterbacks talking about the significant changes to these franchises and you have franchises look at Darnold in in Carolina. I mean, you went and made a move for that guy, and now you're talking about going and getting Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. um, you look at Matt Ryan, and I, I think we talked about this for most of last season. Matt Ryan is the franchise in Atlanta, and you're going to wind up shipping him out for Deshaun Watson? Well, Matt Ryan's another guy that should have been traded three seasons ago. Right, I mean, but, it, it, but if you're Atlanta, does the moral not matter here? I mean, Matt no, Ryan I'm has you, been it doesn't in, matter. He has been an ideal, ideal leader of this football team in yes, Atlanta. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And you're going to go and get a guy who you're going to bring him to his hometown, mm -hmm. and he's got 22 pending civil, uh, you know, sexual related lawsuits against him. That just that that to me that doesn't seem. It, it isn't great on paper, but I'm telling you, like it, it, the the NFL is bulletproof. Like you're not, you're you're now that he's not going to be criminally charged. They're like, all right, full go. Let's get the trade done. You know, they just don't care. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see exactly. Um, how all that plays out. I just don't, I'm not convinced yeah. that that's the right thing for the Atlanta Falcons to be doing. I, I, I just think that when you look at where this ball club is now, um, I just don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think it's one of those things where you, you just can't measure. It's very yeah. difficult to measure the impact that somebody like Deshaun Watson is going to have in Atlanta because that place is, I don't know. By the way, the other thing I wanted to touch back on is what I talked about yesterday, Colin Kaepernick and the Seattle Seahawks. I think that happens. I, I really think they're going to give him a chance to come in there and earn a backup spot. Yeah. Um, and and I, I actually think they would love Colin Kaepernick to be their starting quarterback for a year to because you're looking at a place in Seattle where you just traded Russ. And Pete Carroll said one of his big regrets is not signing Colin Kaepernick when they had the chance five years ago and not being able to get a deal done two years ago. And now here you have Colin Kaepernick, who by all accounts, I don't know how many people have followed this story, but Colin Kaepernick did a workout um, with Tyler Lockett, uh, the receiver for Seattle, and several other guys, and he looked unbelievable. Yeah, and you can't tell me the Seahawks I weren't, mean, weren't around. I mean, my God. He looked that, like he threw, a, he threw a ball on a line 72 yards. Like the guy's got the arm. He actually put the ball in the spot it needed to be in, which is one of the biggest concerns. Now, it's in a workout on the field. It, I mean, it doesn't mean a damn thing. But what it tells you is his arm looks good. Yeah. He looks good. And I'm telling you, he's going to get – I think Seattle's going to give him a chance. I really, really do. And obviously, yeah. Lockett being there as a de facto, you know, scout, looking at talent evaluator, I mean – I think he gets a shot. I really do. And it'll be interesting to see when that happens because if he's going to be the guy that is either a bridge or a number two to, to figure out who the next starting quarterback there is, you're going to have to do something probably by May. So this is something you've got to have the offseason. Yeah. He's got to be in your offseason pipeline to learn your offense, get back in football shape. Like, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, I think Colin Kaepernick gets a shot in Seattle. Yeah, and I think that that's the type of situation that he needs, you know, and, and hey, I mean, if they want to give him a chance, that's, that's you know, great. I'd be curious, you know, while we're sitting here talking about drama and backlash with Deshaun, I mean, I'd be curious to see 
how that pans out. Because I think all it takes for Cap to really kind of get back into things is just that first opportunity to work out for him. And now you're back in the fold. You well, know? and if it is true that he has softened his position a bit on, you know, the the atmosphere to work out and to if that's true, if and I think it is, I think if if he goes to Seattle, that deal gets done. Yeah. If they fly him out, if they look at him physically, if they poke and prod him, I think that deal gets done. Go home. So it'll be interesting to see. James Knight said, looks like I didn't miss much. You're talking about that pussy sport, the NFL, LOL. Wow. Hi, James. Good to see you. It's been wow. too long. I'm for real. Jeremy Bolton says, I hope Cap gets a chance. Would be great to see him in Seattle. The Nye guy says, if I'm Cap, I want to be in Seattle to get get at the Niners twice a year. Yeah, ain't that the truth. Uh, Jackson Graham, good morning. What's up, Jax? Good to see you. Still rebuilding from Katrina, New Orleans, he means. I lived there a few years. The Nye guy says, Watson in New Orleans, that's like sending Michael Jackson to Jungle Gyms. Ooh. Ouch. Fat Jesus says, Cardinals need to trade for Watson. Well, that'd be right up Drunky the Clown's alley. They're still in trouble with little Kyler, I'm telling you. I mean, they keep they they extended Zach Ertz. They re-signed him. Everybody except Kyler. They just keep spending money on people that are not Kyler Murray. And that tells you where they what they think of him. It, it, and by the way, it's good business not to extend your quarterback any sooner than you have to. Or, it, it or is, your star athlete of the organization that rides motorcycles and gets hurt and doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Man, the Fernando Tatis thing idiot it's so frustrating um by what the way idiot. speaking of baseball not that we speak of baseball on this show yeah anthony rizzo gets two years and 16 million dollars per from the yankees the yankees the cubs offered him between 10 and 12 depending on who you believe in y'all about to fuck this up the cubs lowballed anthony rizzo arguably the most popular cub of all time or one of and you lowballed him yep and now he's going to play first base for the Yankees for the next two so years. So who's going to be your team this year? Your mom and my cousin. Mm. Batting leadoff. And, <laughs> you know, it, right. it, 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 Good talk. it is what it is. Um, I don't know. Jeremy, Jeremy Bolton says freaking Yankees. What are you doing, Cubs? Yeah, I don't know. Um, where do you want to go? We Let's talk go. about the treadmill. All right. Papa John's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the tre the Peloton treadmill is coming today. Finally. Between 9 and noon. Okay, so before we get into the, the Peloton tread, for, for all our new folks, I know we have a couple new ones, let's rehash the first round of treadmilling. Okay, so I'm fat, right? And... <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered... Yes, I have been really turning up my cardio. So we've really focused on nutrition... You know, I've changed the way I eat. I'm eating 2,500 calories a day, Chipotle every day for lunch. Chipotle. And it's been damn good. I had the best Chipotle. So, wait, have yesterday. you died yet from Chipotle? You know, I am I am kind of twisting out a pile twice a day. So, now. you're you're rocking some fire butt? Not really, no. Oh, okay. No, okay. I haven't died yet. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I've changed my diet. like, And I, so, I wanted a treadmill at home so that I could do more cardio because I don't, frankly, have a lot of. I've got about 40 minutes to work out at lunch every day. Right. 
And so I don't really have a piece of equipment that I enjoy using. I mean, my balls hate the Peloton bike. Mm -hmm. And really, it's the dick numbing that happens when you Dude, ride the Peloton. that's a real thing. Yeah, that the, is the, a real thing. When you ride a Peloton as a guy, your peen goes numb. Dude, it's not good. Like, you know and, that you know when you put your arm up like this and it starts to tingle and you can't feel it anymore? That's what happens to the peen, yeah. dude. And the peen and the trust me, the peen ain't tingling to mingle. You yeah, know dude, I mean? that ain't gonna you know, work, you know. It, it's like, hey dude, what happened? Did somebody unplug the peen? Somebody plugged the peen. That's hippo? The nerve the stuff in your crotch. Think that's HIPAA? You know, your taint. Uh anyway, the point is You know. Wow. The Peloton is hard on the male genitalia. Wow, you had to work in hard, huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Peloton bike is hard on the on the male. <laughs> on the, what's another word? On the schwanz? Uh, anyway, the point is. Right, right. Um, so I wanted a piece of uh, cardio equipment that I like, and that is the Peloton tread. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I first ordered a T10 treadmill from Bowflex. Right. And... I don't even remember all the crazy ass details on it, but essentially I ordered it, paid for it. Delivery day came last Tuesday mm -hmm. and they no called, no showed. Mm. So I canceled it. Okay. And so I immediately went to Peloton. Easy peasy, squeezy, lemon. What's up, motherfuckers? Easy, easy. Right. Stuff. Well, because Mrs. Monty rides a Peloton every day. Yeah. She rides the Peloton bike a lot. So, and I like the Peloton tread. I like the way the handles work and all this stuff. Bro, they, you know, as much of a fight and a battle as it was with Nautilus Bowflex, this was as easy as it gets. The guy called me back. He did all the work for me, called me back, set up the order, gave me a discount like, hey, they'll be there next Wednesday. They're going to get it. They're going to contact you Tuesday night and tell you what time they're going to be there. Yeah. Last night. Hey, they contact me. We'll be there between nine and noon. We have a couple other deliveries before you. Um, your window's nine and noon. Um, they, they have guys that come and set it up. They're experts. They actually work for Peloton. Yeah. Um, they drive a Peloton van and they know how to set up Peloton equipment. Unlike Bowflex who right. had ABF freight setting up my treadmill. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point is, so we get it all set up, um, to order and Peloton's executed. So I'm really excited to have the Peloton tread. Now, how much do you anticipate using this? Five days a week. Okay. Uh, I will, and what I'm going to use it for is twofold. I'm fat, so I'm trying to be less fat, so um, I'm going to do my cardio. Right. But it's also going to be a de-stressor for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop working. I'm going to get out of, of the Yelpatory every day. The I'm Yelp gonna go mode. A, I'm going to get on my treadmill and walk for half an hour. Um, and I'm going to do some steady state cardio, and it's going to be great. So that is, that's what I'm really excited about because I, I'm, I'm doing fairly well with strength training, like I'm pretty strong, you know, like it, so I feel good about where I am strength wise. I, I need to kick up my cardio, my steady state cardio, which means walk at a three incline at a two and a half speed for 30 minutes. And yeah, you're in the perfect heart range. It's great. Well, and it also helps when you have a treadmill at home, because then you can, we can do like our full 40, 45 minutes of strength training at lunch instead yes. of 30. And instead know. of trying to run through it. Right. So that cardio that we started doing that cardio at the gym and it really made a difference. Like I started really thinning out. And so it, it, I'm excited to have the treadmill and, uh, that gets installed today, nine to noon. And yeah. then, you know, like the diet thing has been pretty significant for me. Like last night we were sitting around the house and I it just dawned on me, we don't buy shitty food anymore. Like one of the, the major changes we made was the stuff that we're buying. And my wife really is the, the, the one that spurred this on, but we were sitting around last night. And we we're like, damn, man, I would love some almonds or a snack, or 
I would love some chips or and historically we would have chips and salsa or something. And I ain't giving up no damn rice krispie treats. Yeah, that dumps insulin into your body and makes you fat, right? Right, right. Last night it, it wound up being some general Lee cereal, which I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a flaxseed cereal in some triple zero oikos yogurt. Triple zero. And it was good. It actually filled me up. I drank some water, like it was fine. But I didn't wind up having tacos or French fries. Like, well, you know. So what's the deal with this Oikos yogurt? This has been a new thing for you. Well, because well, how I, did need, this happen? I need the gut health. Like when uh -huh. you so if you're new to the show, I don't mean to drone on about this, but it is what it is. Um, yes, James Knight says it's a dick cramp on the Peloton for men. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the so the point is that I've been really trying to not eat meat. And I've had meat once in the last three weeks, which has been really good. It's made a big difference. I honest to God, I think it's why I'm sleeping so well. Right. Because I am really sleeping well the last now like five, six nights straight. Um, I've slept really well. So part of the thing that happens when you go vegetarian, essentially, and you, you change your diet is your gut health adjusts to that. The ecosystem that is your stomach. Right. Um, and one of the things that that I've been trying to do is get you know, probiotics and, and get the right bacteria into your stomach. Right. And one of the great ways to do that is through yogurt, which is cultured bacteria, essentially. Um, but the thing that I don't like is I don't I don't do dairy almost at all. And I'm not lactose intolerant or any of that, but it's just not what you I mean, you shouldn't be eating. Fat, dairy is fat heavy on the animal. stomach. It is just yeah. straight I mean, up heavy on your stomach. Why yeah. are you why are you want to drink the milk of animals? I have no idea. So I'd been staying away from yogurt. My my wife is kind of a fanatic about plant-based stuff. So she eats all kinds of like fly your kite yogurt stuff that's like from oats and plants. And I really don't care if you think it's us. Like pine needle milk and crap. And yeah. I'm just like, nah, man, I'm good. And so I started researching um, the best yogurts, the best Greek yogurts. And uh -huh. the one that I really found that sets up best for me is Oikos Triple Zero Yogurt. And I am a huge fan of cherry-flavored anything. And their cherry-flavored yogurt is fantastic. And I, I like that. The strawberry, the peach is okay. The triple right. berry. It's really triple berry and, and cherry. Yeah. And the problem is it's sold out a lot. Like, it's hard to get it. If you go to the store, they usually will just have strawberry. Uh -huh. So the other night, we went to the, the new Harmons down the road from us, and they had all kinds of cherry triple zero. And by yogurt. the way, that new Harmons is beautiful. It is. So I bought like 30 pieces of cherry triple zero. A 30 piece wife, nugget. And my wife was like, what are you doing, fatty? Like, you you, you know. It's quite know. simple. So I don't know why I'm motherfuckers like, hey, be overcomplicating. I'm like, hey, man, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. You didn't put Mrs. Monty's mic over she by can come get it. You want to come get it? You, I mean, so, you, trying you, know. to, you trying to talk on the show today? I wasn't sure she was coming down today or what the plan was. You know, you know, she, I, don't know. I mean, it's nice. She actually got out of bed for once. Right. But, I mean, I know. didn't know what the plan was. So, you it know, it is what it is. And she's a big fan. My wife is a big fan of this, um, you know, daylight savings time ban. Yeah. Um, so the Senate passes a bill. Okay, so you see, here to. we go. Here got we her go. out of the chair. Yeah, here got we go. Got her out of the chair. Uh, here, here we go. go. Yeah, here, here we go. Here we go. Go ahead and turn that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So, yeah, one of the things we've talked a lot about on this show is I love the fall back in the, in the fall. The time we gain an hour. Mm -hmm. My wife hates it. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. What? Uh-oh. So, uh -oh. I am totally with the scientists that say standard time is what we should be keeping. All the greedy people are like, we want daylight savings time. So what does standard time mean? What does standard that mean? Standard time is what we have during the winter. That is most aligned with the 
angles of the sun and most so what we just changed jesus christ rhythm. here we go so <laughs> but here's the thing people are like we like it in the summertime when the sun's up till 10 p.m and i'm like oh, why what's gonna happen is in the winter time your sun is now not gonna come up until like eight right or and nine. so but i think when you apply the quadratic equation to the isosceles angle left Infowars.com. To the fourth power, Just Carl stop Sagan and shit. With the clocks. Like, Go with the standard no. time and be done. And then the telescope will tell you what so wait, the right thing to do uh, is. Just so I'm on the same page, the Senate <laughs> passed a bill to stay on standard time? No, they passed it to stay on daylight, daylight. On daylight savings time. time. So what we're the, on now. Yeah, which is what we're on now, which yeah. will keep the, you know, it'll be 10 o'clock at night when the sun is still up. I mean, I have to say, you know, it is nice getting, you know, at the Yelpator, we get a, you know, we get to get off a little bit earlier. That is nice. I, have I to, get off know. at all times. I know, you get off a lot. But we I go to it, bed know. at like 9 o'clock. Yeah, I know. And you can't go to sleep In the summer, the sun the will be up. Is, the yeah. sun is up. And the yeah. thing is, like, so do people ever think about what's going to happen in the wintertime when really... <laughs> no. There's not going to be, the sun will not come up. So think about this yeah. for snowboarding. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right now, the sun starts to come up eh, in the middle of, of winter, somewhere around 7.30, o'clock. Like right? Yeah. That gives them time to get going, to get things open in order to open our lifts. Right. So now the sun's not going to come up until 8.39 o'clock. Uh-huh. And they're going to push the lift times back. No, they won't. We won't be able to start snowboarding until a later time. Settle down. <laughs> I don't. I don't he think. I don't down. think. I don't think it's that serious. I really don't. I think the bigger question is climate change. I think what a lot of people don't want to talk about is that we do shit like, oh, daylight savings time, pass a bill, but we won't talk about polar ice caps and we won't talk about water shortages and we just keep building houses and having less and less water. Like we do shit like argue over daylight savings time instead of talking about things that matter. Yeah. Because That's I honestly, true. my opinion is, I don't think this daylight savings time thing really matters it's a matter all of that convenience. much. I yeah. just don't want to change my clocks anymore. Like, I, whatever. Like, I get it. So, so you're la you're lazy. It just is stupid. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass. Our yeah. system it twice is. a year. Which yeah. Like, there's the no sun, reason for it. The sun didn't go like, oh, I'm gonna move. Wow. Back. Move up an hour. The Cubs got Seiya Suzuki. Wow, that's really wow. Wow, wow. that's a Not big keep it real. God, what did I ever do to you? God's not real. What did I? Oh, oh fuck! Here we go. Anyway, my point is, we worry about daylight savings time, and we don't worry about climate change. Yeah. So you know, we can just keep. Did you guys? Okay, real quick, so that I can piss James and I off, because we'll talk one minute Ooh. of politics. Yeah, me. Did you guys see this this story about the Ukrainian? Oh, so there's a guy in a car in Ukraine, mm -hmm. a Ukrainian citizen, driving down a road, yeah. trying to go back to his house. Right. A tank turns the corner about half a mile up. Yeah. And a bunch of Russian shoulder, sh soldiers hop off the tank, and the car's driving down the road. They tell him to stop and get out and put his hands up. He stops, put, gets out, puts his hands up, and they shoot him and right. kill him. Of course. No weapons. He was in I like, don't care. Now, the thing that's amazing is it's on tape that it happened. Yeah. It's all on tape. But I they I, don't care that it's on tape. I continue to be amazed by this. Did this, you see the guy walking in the park who almost got blown up by the yes. shell? Jesus, don't, that was terrible. Like they do not They care. don't care about rules of engagement. They don't care about no, who's it's who. war. It's, but but 
this brings me to Papa John's Pizza. Okay. So. This guy. Papa John's Pizza. And I don't think Papa John Dickhead Schnatner or whatever Snatch Bag or whatever John his name is. Schnatter. Yeah, Snatch Bag is running the company anymore. What are you, nuts? So, if you didn't hear about Papa John's Pizza, first of all, can we agree that it's pretty shitty it's pizza? Dog, like, it's, it's dog not. Crap. I've never personally paid for Papa John's pizza. Somebody I'm, likes it out there. I just don't know who. I'm it a, is. Yeah, um, I don't know who either. I'm a snob about pizza, so um, I only make my own on right. the Traeger Smoker, which is amazing. Um, Man, we haven't used the Traeger in a minute. It had well, it's been cold. Coming it's been back cold. to spring. Yeah. It is. Um, we'll make steaks and stuff. Well, you can because right, right. my wife's a vegetarian. We'll which definitely be you know, making pizza on the grill. Pretty much means I'm a vegetarian. Anyway, so Papa John's is saying that they are not going to close their locations in Russia and they will continue to feed the war machine. Yeah, because a lot of people like Papa John's in Russia. Yeah, I thought they said that the owner that's there who owns those stores said he's going to keep them open. He, Papa John's cannot stop him. Well, you actually could. I mean, you're they're, 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 as we well know, the rules of franchising now. Um, like those are franchises that are using his, their name, right, but they're not going to go there and shut the doors on the guy. Yeah. He's going to continue to operate, do his thing until okay, he so runs the out of supplies. So the physical, you're right. They're not going to go there yeah. and put like locks on the door, but no. this is some bullshit. They're in my continuing opinion. to supply him. They're continuing yes. to help I'm him. I'm betting that he's going to be getting his like, supplies from within. Are they, did they say that in the article that Papa John's is continuing? They're saying that they're not closing. They're saying that like, they are not so going to take action that to means close if those he's a franchise, They're going to continue to help him and continue to keep yeah. him open. And, and my point just is, okay, you may not be able to close the guy, but you should definitely be coming out and saying, "Hey, we're not helping this guy anymore. They're not affiliated with they us or something." They should be saying that. Like no, you got to say what I something, they dude. Said it's the owner that like, is there, is keeping them open. It's brutal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all this Russia stuff plays out, because there's been so much economic turmoil mm-hmm. around Russia, and now they say they're close to a peace agreement that would have Russia pull out yeah, as yeah, long as yeah. Ukraine agrees to not join NATO. Yeah, essentially no. to stay to stay neutral. I got militarily. news for everybody. Russia's not pulling out anything. No, they, I don't they want it they, they want to end Ukraine. I think there has been. So, well, I think, though, I disagree with that. I think. Well, no, I don't. They want to end Ukraine. There's no doubt about that. OK, like Vladdy Pudi wants to end Ukraine. But I think he's taken such a beating at home and their economy is just in shambles. His oligarchs are wildly unhappy they're saying now that he is paranoid that everybody in his circle is trying to kill him yeah because they, um, they want to kill him because <laughs> he i mean this invasion of ukraine has absolutely destroyed the way a way of nobody life wanted russia. to invade ukraine except putin well like, it but doesn't help Jake, i watch russian state tv right, they say that right. it was that it was ukraine's fault right anyway my point is did you guys see the reporter on russian tv the other day the anchor yeah. not a reporter yeah, the one who she held up a sign that said this that all the news on this channel is fake stop the war yeah and she got arrested and nobody's seen her yeah yep, she's, she's dead. probably she's probably strapped to a stone wall somewhere like being a yeah. paint gun target yeah it's um, not good like are you kidding me like uh, that's russia i don't i don't believe that the majority of russians know what's going on I think there's a lot of Russians that don't want this war, but there's a lot of Russians who don't know what's going on. And the hard part is, is I, you can't go back now. You cannot go back. This, and this is very different than Crimea. One of the things that I think is also interesting is now like people are turning on Fox News, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. Now, I'm not a Fox News and, or a CNN contributor. Mrs. Monty and I were talking about this last night. Like you can't watch CNN right now. It's unwatchable Yeah, because it's all like, 
slow music that has cellos and pianos yeah. about people who are dying. Yeah. Just give me the facts, dude. Like, it is what I it don't is. know. Report what's going on. But <laughs> you ha- you have this situation with, with Fox News that's remarkable. You have Tucker Carlson defending Vladimir Putin on a daily basis. You have... Um, their morning show, the the female lead on the the Fox and Friends morning show, talking about how Russia has every right to do what they're doing, and I'm I am amazed by this. Yeah, I am amazed that you're on American TV defending to the point. By the way, defending Russia to the point that Russian state TV is running long clips of Fox and Friends and Tucker Carlson, where they are defending Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson a year ago on Fox News talking about how he's he is pro Putin like he literally said I'm pro Putin why do I have to hate the guy I don't I'm pro Putin yeah and they're running that on repeat on Russian state TV what's called channel one by the way in Russia it I I am amazed by it yeah and I don't know how we how do you come back from this I don't know that you ever come back if you're Russia I don't think you can un- un- unwind this watch. I truly not like, until you, Putin's dead. You have people like I mean the French and the Americans who are historically not aligned on anything are aligned on this. Yeah, the world is aligned against. Well, it's the a Russians. pretty easy thing to agree on. I mean, this is not this is not complicated. I, I guess so, but it, it, if it's a pretty easy thing to to agree on, why have we never agreed on it? Nobody's ever stood up to Vladimir Putin like this ever. Nobody ever like, I mean, you, you look at like, look at the Chinese. But I think that, that socially, you know, we continue to, to evolve and people are like, Hey, whoa, no more, no more genocide, no more, yeah. you know, going in and, and raiding people for no reason. Like, no, no. Yeah. And, and what, I'm sure they have whatever Trump, you know, kind of reasons they have, like any, you know, they have some sort of reason, obviously that they're doing this, but it, you can't just we're done, I think, as a society watching countries just invade because they can. They'd like to. I'd yeah. like that land. I'm going to come and take it. Like, haven't we learned through history? Not cool. But look at this situation with China and Russia. I mean, it, and I think a lot of people forgot that they about a, I think a month before he invaded Ukraine. Does anybody remember that they anu- they made that announcement on how they're aligned and they're a partnership now? And yeah, then a month later he invades Ukraine, and now all of a sudden anybody see where the Chinese are on this? Like, yeah, they're not amused by it. They're not amused by it. It is it is causing them problems. I mean, you look at the the it, and one of the things that I think is really woken the Chinese up is that I think European and United States militaries are in alignment that they're going to embargo the water around around russia and ukraine mm-hmm. they're going to turn off the waterways so uh by the way those are all major shipping channels and if they truly shut those waterways off which they haven't done yet and I, I, nothing has moved fast here but if they turn those waterways off china's in real trouble yeah because they're already reliant on a lot of uh, fossil fuel energy from russia which is becoming more and more problematic for them. But China relies on export. And if they can't export their goods to Europe on boats, they're Bali in trouble. Alibaba's not working. They're, they're in not, trouble, man. In place. <laughs> and, and they're in real trouble. Uh, no, there's not an update on Brittany Griner. There, there is some real fear. Horrible. Jeremy Bolton said, any update with Brittany Griner? 
They released a mugshot on Monday, but nobody has seen her or talked to her or viewed her on video or no. nobody knows where she is. And it's not lost on the world. Did anybody notice that um, the Iranians released a a a multi-citizen, uh, a dual citizen for with with England? The Iranians released a political prisoner yesterday in a pretty loud fashion. Like usually they just wake you up in the middle of the night and kick your ass out to the curb in front of the prison and like, hey, you're free. Good luck. They don't like <laughs> tell anybody that you're free so you can't arrange rides or anything or transportation. They made it very, very public. They were releasing this woman. And a lot of people think it's because they're they are the world is trying to figure out what what's next in Russia and how the world's going to react. And people are like the Iranians, the Russians need the Iranians. Yeah. Like, Here's the thing that the arresting Brittany Griner thing, I, I can't see, and, and I know it's hard, money is important. I can't see any athlete ever going back there to play. You've totally screwed yourself from your basketball league. Why would anyone who's not Russian go to your country anymore? And by yeah. the way, you, I, it sounds trivial to say you screwed yourself on your basketball league. But sports and sports commerce in Russia are massive. And the other thing is, like, this Alexander Ovechkin controversy, like, he's very, very good friends with Vladimir Putin. Like, there, it is not hard. If you just Google search Ovechkin-Putin, mm -hmm. they play hockey together. They lift weights together. They ride horses together. They fish. They boat. They hike together. There's a lot of people who want to see Alexander Ovechkin exiled from the NHL. And right now, by the way, what a lot of people don't understand in Russia, hockey's a massive sport. There's yes. a whole oh, KHL. Huge. There's a Russian hockey league um, that is struggling. Basketball in that country is shut down right now. You look at, let's not forget, it wasn't very long ago that we had the Olympics in Sochi. Um, I, like sports commerce in that country is massive. The soccer yeah. leagues, the... And it's lame that the Olympic Committee allows the, you know... Russian Olympic Committee to continue yeah, participating joke, in sports. Dude. Well, they turn that to... off. They turn that off. Like they, in the the Paralympics, the Russians are not competing in the Paralympics. Yeah. The Russians are not compete like the the like to your point, the Russian no Russian national team is going to compete in in international competition of any sport anytime soon. Like the World Cup qualifying that's going on now, the Russians are excluded. Like the the UEFA Champions League pulled out of out of Russia. They will not be allowed to host it or participate in it with Russian clubs. Yeah. It is this is a big deal. Yeah, and, and that's why like, I say you like, need to just send her home. Do you remember the whole wasn't it the ball boys that were in China or whatever yes, and they Leangelo stole ball. sunglasses or you know allegedly when he yeah, Leangelo but, Ball and, at UCLA. Yeah. And like, whoa, bad move. We're gonna put you in jail. Okay, we let him go. We get it. But if you if they would have kept him what would have happened to their sports league? Yeah. How many of our athletes play there? And that's like, why I think people question Putin and his motives. I mean, how long are you going to continue to allow your country this, to it, just be debilitated? But listen, she's she is in she is in trouble. Brittany Griner. Yeah. And again, I don't say this to be inflammatory. She is tall. She is black. She is a lesbian, and she is dysfunctional. She is somebody that has battled mental disease, and she's in a Russian prison somewhere. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this, but tall black lesbians in Russian prisons generally don't do well. And then you add mental disease to that. She's not going to do well. And what are you going to do about this? Because if you look at Russian TV, what is Russian state TV doing? Blaming the Americans for the invasion on Ukraine. 
and talking about how they're interfering and this is the Americans' fault. And do you really think that she's anything more than a pawn or a chip in this conversation between Biden and Putin? No. Do you really think that Vladimir Putin's thrilled to see that Joe Biden's going to a G7 summit on the Ukrainian crisis this week? Do you think any? Do you think he's happy about that at all? That every European country is getting together to talk about him? She's no. not coming out of that Russian jail anytime soon, and I don't know how you fix that because what are you going to do? Invade Russia to get Brittany Griner out? With all due respect, probably not. I I don't know who you would invade over, but Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner's on her own, and by no fault of her own. I mean, she bears some responsibility for having whatever they say she had, cannabis oil in her luggage. But other than that, does she, should she be thrown in a Russian prison for months on end with no outside contact? No. But Vladimir Putin's attitude is, well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. What are you going to do about it? Um, Brandon Whiteside says, what about the reporter that had an anti-war poster shown on Russian TV is now missing? Yeah, we just yes. talked about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is... It's gnarly. It, it is absolutely gnarly. I just don't know how this Ukrainian thing ends well for anybody. As much as I don't like Fox News and, and or any news where they're like, whatever, where if where you're going to be like ridiculous and, and inflammatory with lies, I'm so thankful that we live in a country that you're not going to get thrown in jail for saying something stupid. Yeah. yeah. Like on either side, where, where, you know, no matter who you are, I'm so thankful that yeah. that's not how our country is. Yeah, I, I, I just am amazed by this. And I look at, like, I'm a huge fan of Chelsea Football Club, who's owned by a gentleman named uh, Roman Abramovich, who is a Russian oligarch. And you look at, like, and you're like, who cares? It's football. No, it's it's a huge deal. Like, the, the Chelsea Football Club is arguably a top three team in the world like financially they're a massive organization that's crippled right now they cannot sell tickets they can't sell tickets because if they sell tickets roman abramovich profits and yeah. and he is under sanction in the uk he will never be allowed back in the uk okay so we're going to try and sell the team well you can't sell the team because he's not allowed to profit on it and so their credit cards have all been frozen by barclays bank they can't pay their players they cannot buy fuel to travel so the players are actually paying for their trip uh to borough coming up like it's crazy what this war in ukraine has done yeah and it's had a global reach and it, it by the way thankfully oil's under a hundred dollars a barrel now like thankfully because it it we were we were heading very quickly for six dollar gas across this country and i think you're seeing that in some parts of california but yeah you know, you you might get shot by a cop if you're black, though. Well, that's a whole different thing. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, ABC News is the only news I watch for that reason. Seems to be most straightforward. Um, you know what I think is sad, though? Like this Irish uh, photographer and reporter that were killed. Mm. Like, and, it, and you know what the, the worst part of this is? They were working for Fox News. They were covering the war in Ukraine for Fox News. They were contracted by Fox News. Mm. And they're not rookies. This, this photographer... This cameraman, if you will, cameraman, photographer, has been in war zones for decades. This is not a young man. Mm -hmm. So he gets shot and killed in Ukraine with this reporter. And that next morning, that's the girl is on TV talking about how she's uh, she understands why Putin's doing what he's doing. And she's on the side of Vladimir Putin. And 
your people just got killed. And you're defending his actions. Like he's targeting the media. He's targeting civilians. Like there's this video that came out yesterday, which is what I think you were talking about, of the Russians bombing apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't care. I'm telling you, they want to, to end that country. So they blow up the top floor of an apartment building while there's a live report going on outside the apartment building. And they're not within seven miles of a military or government property. No. He's bombing apartment buildings and you're on Fox News defending him and saying he has the right to do that. Like he's bombing humanitarian. So they have these, what they call humanitarian corridors where they are pathways where people, human beings can travel without the fear of military action in that corridor. Unless you're the Russians. And then they bomb the military corridor or the humanitarian corridors. What, what are we doing? That's what I'm saying. At some point, we're going to have to get involved. At some no, point. it'll never happen. Well, I cannot, I cannot see a situation where we do anything other than consult or provide, provide supply. There's no way as, as the U.S. we can allow Russia to just take over multiple countries and get to that point. Well, that the problem happen. is they're losing. And, and I think that does not help the, it's odd to say this, but the fact that the Russian military is losing in Ukraine is not good for the Ukrainians on the whole, because that means that other countries aren't going to get involved. The United States is not going to, in any way, shape or form, put marked human beings on the ground. There, there's just, that's, that's a non, I believe that we have special forces there. I believe that, um, we have our, our black ops are there. I think our our private sector is there. We're not going to put, hey, you know, GI Joe and his tank and airplane and parachute on the ground there. It's it is not uh, it's not there. By the way, uh, Zelensky is addressing Congress as we speak. I just saw a news update flash that talked about how he talked about this is no different than Pearl Harbor and 9-11 to the Ukrainians. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. So anyway, so the treadmill's coming in like two hours, babe. I'm super excited. That's my treadmill. That's your bike. That cock crippling bike of yours. What are you, Putin? <laughs> exactly. I'm invading your, your treadmill. We shouldn't joke about that probably. Yeah. But I'm excited about this treadmill. I'm excited about it too. I really am. Yeah. And I've got first world problems because then right after that's installed, the cleaning lady's coming with a helper. The cleaning lady's bringing a helper. Jake's like, what is wrong with you? She's expanded. You she know, has. she expanded the business. She's able to take on more and do more in less time. Good for her, man. Yeah, good for her. You know. What? Yeah. what? Why Nothing. Do? Okay. Nothing. All right, there you go. Uh, last comment of the day so you can play the music. Uh, my pops always told me, don't go looking for a fight because you'll find one. This keeps up. The fight is going to swing a hammer up Putin's Papa John poop hole. Truth. Okay. They're, they're within probably 12 days of running out of supplies the Russian military and there's not a real good way to resupply them so it'll be interesting to see what happens make sure you hit subscribe uh, on this channel if you're listening on the audio podcast bless your heart uh, make sure you get us at themontyshow.com hit subscribe on the YouTube channel because we are giving away a PS5 follow us on Instagram the Monty Show M-O-N-T-Y the Monty Show SLC Supercars until tomorrow said see you soon Tread see you soon Tread